1: This is the Straight Up Breakdown
0: Podcast, exclusively on the Hurt Out Media Network.
1: Tell it to me straight up. Hello, and welcome into the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast, proudly part of the Hale Varsity Network. I am Greg Smith, your I can't believe I somehow got signed up for a 10K this weekend, which will be my first friend. Um, And this week I am joined by the Deputy Editor of Hale Varsity, Aaron Sorensen. Aaron, thank you for being on the show. How are you?
0: I'm good. Thanks for having me. I also somehow managed to get signed up for a 10k over this weekend because of you. So uh, yeah, Uh, I don't actually need to sign up like I haven't technically like just completed the sign up. I plan on it. So I'll just That'll be my my first goal of the week, get the yeah, sign-up completed.
1: That'll be your your homework for after this podcast right <laughs> away to do that. I'll need you to send me a screenshot yeah. um, making sure that you did it. I think I've gotten like- So
0: I can't more- bail on you?
1: <laughs> no, no, no. So you can't bail on me. Um, it's important that you do this and suffer along with me. I think I have like four people um, that I've roped in because that might be enough uh, to join in in this mm-hmm. with me. It's the first time I've ever done it. I have done- two or three, five K's. Um, Uh And so we'll see, we'll we'll see how this goes. I'm, I'm, I'm nervously excited. That's, I think that's the way I described it to you yesterday.
0: That's the best way to approach it. A hundred percent. Like that is the way to go.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll see. My confidence is high right now, but that's before any training miles are logged. So we'll we'll kind of see how that goes.
0: <laughs> training is like the thing. Not that anyone wants to listen to all of this, but training <laughs> is like the key piece. Because when I sincerely trained for my first half marathon, like it still was hard, but like totally, like totally was prepared and handled it. Uh, different case if you don't train. So I, I highly recommend training. Okay.
1: (laughs) You could not recommend training enough. Okay. That's good. I will definitely note that. um, And I definitely will be training. I did not plan on going into this cold Turkey. Um, So that's good. Now each week we have a couple of segments that are mainstays of the show. As you guys know, Uh, the first one is coach speak, where we go over something that a coach player or talking head said, and then we give you the straight up breakdown of what they meant. Coach speak to real talk. Uh, This week comes courtesy of Portland star guard uh, Damian Lillard, who had this to say about the rumor swirling that he is going to ask out of Portland soon. Quote, it's not true, Lillard said. I said the last time that I spoke to you guys that a lot of things are being said, but it hasn't come from me. If that was the end of the quote, that would be great for Portland, right? That settles it, but not so fast. He went on to continue to say and more. Uh, I'll also say that I haven't made any firm decisions on what my future will be. There's really no, no need for anybody else to speak for me. If there's something to be said, I'll speak directly with my team um, and the Blazers GM, Neil Olshry, Um, and that's that. So Aaron, what does he mean by all of that?
0: Uh... <laughs> I, these are the, I don't know. (laughs) Like, it doesn't sound great. (laughs) No. (laughs) I want to know what you think about it while I try to wrap my head. I want to be clear about something for anyone who's listening. I am not a big, like, I don't have an NBA team. Like Greg has been trying to pull me to the Lakers. I've been trying
1: unsuccessfully for like five years now, by the way.
0: I I watched space jam, a new legacy. Um, so like big LeBron fan. Um, but I, I don't, I don't spend a lot of time in the NBA world. So every time I hear like new stories and just like discovering things that like players are saying or stuff, it is like a new world for me. I'm like, what's the tea?
1: (laughs) Yeah, like one of the things is, and he continued to say stuff like, you know, I don't know if new coach Chauncey Billups is like, but he said that, you know, our team has been close, but I, I wouldn't say that this is a championship um, contending roster. And I don't know that if you look at our team that just changing the coach was the answer, like and stuff like that, like as you continue to dig into like it, the things that he said. Um, Not not good. good, Not good at all. Um, And It's weird because you rarely see someone like kind of throw their teammates under the bus, especially in this type of situation where he's been there for years now. um, and He's really close with the team and with the city. And it's kind of like this whole identity wrapped up um, with him about like staying there and wanting to put on for Portland and be loyal and try and win for that team. But it's just not happening like i feel like this was kind of inevitable in portland like it, it's hard to, it's easy for me to say as someone who does not root for portland and is not like invested in them that they should have seen this coming and maybe blown this thing up earlier um, it's easy for me to say that from where i sit but it does feel like they should have blown this thing up earlier And just went into rebuild, but it's hard to do that when you're kind of close and you're making the playoffs every year. They've got on some runs um, that have been pretty good, but at the same time, you would kind of classify like the conference finals run that they made a couple of years ago and all of that as kind of magical runs. You would not say that those are sustained things that can happen. So I just think that just it's weird in a way that he did this non-denial denial in which he could have honestly just said that very first chunk that I read where it's not true. And if something changes, I'll let you guys know. But instead he proceeded to back the bus up over his entire team and his new coach, which hasn't even coached him in a game yet.
0: Yeah. I think the one thing that's so tough with, um, and I, I'm not just speaking for him, but I, I have a point here going back to LeBron. When LeBron did the whole, I'm taking my talents to Miami and really wanted to build, um, this like elite level team that he believed could win an, you know, win the NBA championship. And a lot of that, I think the the show of it all, you know, doing it on live TV, um, sort of implying along the way that you weren't going to win that championship in Cleveland, Um, That's what really upset fans the most was thinking Mm. that their their star, their um, homegrown uh, star was like just talking smack about all of them. I was going to say a more inappropriate way of uh, putting that. But, you know, I think when you are in this situation, you have to kind of. I I can appreciate someone who doesn't mince words. I think that that's important. Somebody who's willing to say, Hey, this situation maybe isn't working, but you also have to be careful because what happens very quickly is people don't forget. I mean, how many people are still talking about the fact that LeBron left Cleveland the first time now he came back to Cleveland and proved that you can win a championship with Cleveland. Right.
1: With Um, a much better team, by the way. With a much better team.
0: (laughs) But I do think sometimes you have to be mindful of the fact that yes, you might be looking around and going, this situation isn't right for me, but how you do speak about that situation is going to ultimately reflect on in some people, the way that they're going to look at it is like, it's reflecting on your character, your ego. And like, I think like to play sports, you have to have an ego. You have to like be a little bit of like, A narcissist for yourself you have to be because you want to be the best like you that doesn't mean you have to be a jerk and I don't think I don't think he was trying to be a jerk to be clear I just think he was expressing this is how I feel I don't feel like maybe the situation is great right now I feel like we need to be a more elite team Um, but if you're somebody on that roster right now (laughs) you kind of probably don't feel great and fans probably feel like that's you know well, what are you saying? And fans might agree. Like, that's the thing too. Fans might be going hundred percent. Like we need more talent, but it's such a fine line of walking that line of being like this, a certain type of leader and also acknowledging that maybe you need something different. And that's probably like, to go back to what you said, he could have just stopped and said, I don't know. I'm going to leave it there. We can talk about my thoughts on the roster and everything else down the road, but if he ends up staying, that's going to be awkward.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like what Um, do you do there? Like, that's when, that's what I was going to say. Like, uh... After this, how do you go back? I am always fascinated by these things because like, and there, there's been like multiple of these and it seems to pop up most notably in the NBA, like trade demands happen in every sport, but because yes. of how few players are in the NBA and how visible they are, like it really gets attached to them. So like in Anthony Davis, to go back to the Lakers, Anthony Davis situation where he basically said, I need to get out of here. We're never going to win here. And then the Pelicans decided to start sitting him in games to protect him and then be able able to trade him like how do you go hang around those players like James Harden on the way out of Houston like completely torched the place um and and was actually worse than what Lillard said and how he described his teammates and then ultimately was rewarded by getting a trade to the destination that he wanted too um but like I I always just am fascinated in the human element because like those of you listening and us talking here like we have a job. We work at a place. Like, how awkward would it be if you went, like, in a your next interview, and you just trashed all of us at Hale I Varsity? Mean, and I, you it to come, I mean, I had all the time. I mean, I'm sure you do. Um, <laughs> but like, and then you had to come back and like work with us. Like, that would be weird. Like, I just, I'm always interested. Like, how you know C.J. McCollum feels right now after having spent so much time with him and working and trying to get that team over the hump to yeah. then be. Like, look up one day, and I'm sure CJ McCollum's phone was blowing up the other day when these comments happened, like, hey, Dame said you suck. Like, that would be really tough to deal with. Because, like you said, those guys have egos too, right? Yeah. (laughs) So that's got to be tough.
0: And the thing is, is again, like sports, like you need a level of an ego, you need a level of narcissism, you need a level of like a chip on your shoulder. And that's not to say that that manifests in the same way for every single person, but to a degree, like you have to have that like competitive edge and those things are a part of it. I just think it's really, like I said, And I may be giving too much of the benefit of the doubt, but I am. I don't think Dame was trying to, like, I don't think he was trying to necessarily trash anyone. Like, specifically, I think he was speaking probably very openly in that moment that he feels like, Hey, if we're going to win, we need this. And like, again, I'm going to go back. I'm using LeBron very much as an example, but LeBron has said a lot of the same things. LeBron has very much in the past had interviews where he's like, we could definitely utilize this or this to elevate the talent on a team. Um, So sometimes you look at, you know, someone like LeBron, who's very, who's able to speak very openly and go, um, well, if he can do it, why can't I? you know with someone like LeBron he very much doesn't care. He he's the big high haters like I don't care yeah. what you say if you don't like me, how I approach things, if you didn't like my decision to go to Miami, if you didn't like my decision to come back to Cleveland, if you didn't like my decision to go to Lakers. I really don't care. Like I am doing what's right for me and trying to build championship teams along the way. So I do think like, you know, there's a level of like there's nothing wrong with wanting that. Um so yeah, it's just, it's, it's so, it's so hard. Um, I don't know. It's just one of those things where I think, I, I guess maybe I'm showing a little bit of grace here too, that like, he didn't mean to be um, maybe so blunt, but also maybe that's not a bad thing. Cause maybe now you're kind of seeing like, maybe this isn't the best fit, maybe Maybe they need to part ways. Maybe there needs to be kind of a reevaluation because if he isn't happy in a situation, like that's not going to also manifest itself well in a locker room, but that doesn't mean like he's a bad person or the people otherwise in the locker room are bad people or whatever. Just sometimes things don't fit or they don't work or things need to change. But if he ends back up in that locker room, (laughs) I'd be bringing cookies on that first day.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't imagine what type of gifts I would be bringing for that first day. Like, if, if they're <laughs> into wine, um, everybody's getting a nice bottle of wine. If you want a nice charcuterie board, you can go ahead and get that. Like, whatever. Like, as I know, because CJ McCollum has been posting that. Um, it's like people, like, because Twitter is weird. Like, he's an NBA player that makes like $26 million a year. And he posted in his backyard a charcuterie board that people did not think was like up to NBA level stuff. Standards. And so people really were hating on him about it. And so he's now continued to step his game up. And it's been like a funny running joke. And then he had this all dumped on him as well. But to wrap that up, I do think that Dame Will has earned the right to say what he wants to say within reason in this. Like he's given Portland a lot of years and has carried that team for a long time. Um, and it's understandable that he's looking around the landscape and says, Man, we're basically just treading water. Yes, we're making the playoffs. Um, but we're not truly contenders. And in any given year, there's going to be a handful of elite teams. And then there's always going to be a couple of upstart teams as we're seeing this year with like the Phoenix suns. And so where do we fit in on this in the long term? I need to get out of here and get to a contender because it's important to me to win a championship. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. The point of this was not necessarily to bash him because like I said, I think that he absolutely has earned the right to be able to ask out if he wants to. And I think of, A lot of these situations, I think that his is among the most understandable considering how hard he's tried to make that work in Portland. Um, Now switching gears here, to get to something that's like right in your wheelhouse here Aaron um, like very the much NBA so, the
0: NBA is now my wheelhouse I that's decided.
1: fine though um, but but this is I know that it's in your wheelhouse because you wrote this article um, you wrote an article that went live on hillvarsity.com on Sunday um, and it was titled Common Misunderstandings and Misperceptions in the Name Image and Likeness era now there are a lot of things to dive into here and a lot of ways that we can go but I want to start here with you because I've never actually asked you this, what made you actually want to look into this and like dive into this topic? Let's break that down.
0: Honestly, it was the whole uh, bar stool question that was going around. So there is a couple of different groups on Twitter um, that I follow loosely. One is social media sports. So SM sports is the hashtag. And then there's a lot of uh, lawyers in sports. And that was the group that was really talking about this. And a small university had spoken up about how they weren't going to allow their athletes to participate in the Barstool athlete because Barstool has a connection with a sports betting and a sports book um, website. And so because of that, there's potential uh, violations there that like this school just did not want to touch. They're like, there's just too much like uncertainty as we're kind of trying to figure this out. So I was watching some lawyers talk about this on Twitter and there was a lot of like, lack of understanding. It was kind of like, does this one school speak for everyone? Is this really what it means? And then there's a graphic that was shared by a coach, which this is the scary part. It was shared by a coach that had a couple of bullet points on it. And it it had a few bullet points and a couple of them were completely inaccurate. One being about grants and what they mean, scholarships and what they mean, all of that. And while I think at the end of it, sort of, I'm going to like say, I'm giving maybe a ton of grace this week. Like (laughs) I just gave to Dame. Um, I think the intentions are right. I think people are, um, they're speaking from a place of like trying to be helpful. um, Not wanting to have athletes be put in bad spots, but unfortunately this misinformation spread very quickly as we know, misinformation spreads. And then you had athletes calling compliance departments going wait a minute what does this mean and parents calling compliance departments what does this mean so I just thought you know what it's going to be a little bit different for every school right now because there isn't uniform legislation at the federal level and the NCAA just did not do its job trying to get this to be uniform so every state every school is kind of navigating these waters independently of one another and I thought well from a Nebraska point of view, let's just talk to the compliance department. And I, w- I was fortunate to speak to two people from the compliance department. They were incredibly gracious with their time and we answered some of the big questions, but what I learned very quickly from comments on Facebook and Twitter is that there are a lot of other questions that people have. So we might <laughs> have to like do this again as sure. we keep going and questions keep surfacing because it is clear that there's a lot of misunderstanding and a lot of misperceptions. And that's sort of the nature of this game right now.
1: Yeah, and one of the things that has bugged me about the misconceptions and all of that and the confusion around NIL is that it feels like there is a segment of people that are trying to capitalize on that on those misconceptions by basically, like, fear-mongering is maybe too strong, but it's the first phrase that kind of came to mind about it. You know what I mean? Like, where people are taking things to the extreme... Um, just to muddy the waters and because they don't like what's happening. Like, I just feel like there's too much of that that is already stacked on top of what's a layered and complex issue that has a lot of things going on that is really actually hard to understand in some ways, like even if you're making a a legitimate, honest effort of it and trying to figure out like just all of the ins and outs, like you said, every time you ask one set of questions, another set of questions pops up um, and it's perfectly legitimate, like there's nothing wrong with it. Um, But there are just so many layers to all of this um, that it's just a lot for people to handle. And I wonder this, like, and, and I didn't, Think of this until just now, actually. I and like I'm interested in your opinion on this. Do you think that they will have to that maybe in the like compliance offices around the country will have to have specific groups within compliance departments just to deal with this? Are we gonna is it that big of an overwhelming thing that you're gonna have to go that route?
0: So I actually um sasha and i we host the mind your own podcast and we had matt brown the publisher of extra points on our podcast last week and we were actually talking about this to a degree that yes potentially your bigger universities you could think like a school like clemson alabama any really division one school nebraska may end up separating um, an area of its compliance department into um, nil and Mm -hmm. just handling sort of what comes, but there are going to be schools like the university of Nebraska at Omaha that don't maybe have the capacity, don't have the budget to be able to expand its compliance department. So now your smaller schools are sort of having to navigate this with a already smaller staff, um, but also now doing it while others are maybe beefing up their staffs, trying to um, see what they can do. I don't know if, I've I haven't heard of like Nebraska isn't doing that right now their compliance department is still very much just its compliance department Mm -hmm. Uh, but I mean they're in meetings daily about this so you would think at some point some of the people who are going to have to handle other compliance issues are going to be like we have to figure out a way to maybe take some of this off of our plates but then I don't like I said I don't think smaller schools will be able to necessarily do that and it's going to be a lot like Nebraska's approach has very much been at this point, no knee jerk reactions. And I think a lot of universities are taking the same approach of like, we're just going to kind of let things go. Uh, Nothing is really at this point, a true violation because what is anyone going to do? It's not like somebody's going to take someone's eligibility away unless it's just a massive, massive, like um, violation of some kind. But I mean, a lot of people bring up things like, one of the big questions that people were asking is what's stopping a booster or a business from promising anything to a recruit. And to be really honest, and this is me answering, not a compliance department. Uh, This is just me. What was stopping them from doing that before? Like, I
1: always say that, like that stuff. Okay. That stuff is happening already. Like it's not there. Like the, this is going to be the wild, wild West because now boosters can promise money to recruits, Or now, and because of that, the best recruits will go to the top schools. Like, that's always, that's already happening. Like, I don't don't know what the big, like, fuss about that was. At least with this, and this this is my feeling on this, at least with this, now people can put stuff out in the open. Like, so whereas, okay, let's give a real example. The Miami situation with the MMA gym that said, hey, we're going to pay each player on the team X amount of dollars, and they can make upwards of X amount of dollars for continuing to promote our gym. Okay, while that seems that's probably on one end of the spectrum with this, and it may be bordering on, eh, I don't really love that. Like there was nothing really stopping them from doing that before. Like that guy could have done that. Now it would have been on a smaller scale. He wouldn't have done it with the entire team. He would have probably picked a handful of players. And we know that Miami has done all sorts of creative things over the years um, because we've seen those 30 for thirties to try Mm -hmm. and figure out how to get money to these players. Um, And so I just, I'm, I like things being out in the open. And this kind of ties back to what we started off the show talking about with Dane Willard. Like I, like it, If even if it's tough or it doesn't, it makes me a little uncomfortable, whatever, like I want it to be in the open. At least we know what we're dealing with. And I feel like that's another thing with NIL that we just, at least we have a better understanding of what we're dealing with. But in the, in kind of looking into this so far and talking with Nebraska's compliance people, Aaron, was there anything that like kind of surprised you about what they said? Like anything that, you know, you asked a question and you're like, okay, I didn't actually see it going that way.
0: Yeah, honestly, I think I was mostly surprised that there's really at this point, and this isn't maybe not necessarily the case for all schools so I wanted to hesitate but at least for Nebraska and I'd say a majority right now there's really no, um, there's really no pre-authorization if you will that has to be done for any potential deal so if a if an athlete goes and signs a deal with a supplement company and that ends up being an issue because there's something you know that hasn't been approved by the FDA or maybe that uh, supplement nutrition company sells CBD and that's too close to um you know I understand CBD is different but I'm just saying there could be concerns like there's all levels of like things that like might end up coming up that's That stuff doesn't have to be pre-approved. It just has to be evaluated as it's going. So because there's no technical like violation of someone's eligibility at this point, because no one's going to be the first to necessarily strip an athlete of their eligibility over this, uh, somebody will eventually do it. But like, I think it won't happen until there's federal legislation and they can kind of point to a universal um across the board otherwise people don't want to be the first uh especially when there's there's nothing to really point to beyond state and school policies um that one was surprising because i'm like well what happens if somebody does sign a deal that comes across your desk and you're like wait a second that really should not have been signed like that should not have been that should not be what you're doing but they don't want to be in the business compliance departments don't want to be in the business of having to approve every single thing. They don't want to have to act as agents. That is not their job. So they're really pushing athletes to the appropriate places to have those conversations, whether it be an agent, uh, open doors, uh, maybe the college of business, maybe if it's an international student, they're pushing them to, uh, the international, uh, their, uh, international studies office. Like they're encouraging athletes to go to the various departments, life skills, whatever you name it, and have these conversations with individuals who are more equipped to have them because the compliance department, while they can say, yeah, that might be a potential violation. And that might be the path that they go down at some point. One, they don't have the capacity for that right now, but two, they don't want to tell an athlete yes or no one way or the other. And then that becomes a precedent because what if that ends up having to change? Right. So right now I think compliance departments are really kind of taking a hands-off approach on that front. And that surprised me a little bit because again, I, one of the pieces of misinformation that went around was like, well, if you make so much money, you're going to lose your scholarship. That's I actually not that. true. Scholarships are not tied to how much money you make. All compliance cares about is that you are getting paid fairly. So like, if you go and do a deal with somebody and you're going to show up to sign autographs and they're going to pay you $50,000 to do that, compliance is probably going to flag that and go, wait, hold up. That does not, that amount of money does not seem (laughs) to make sense for the work that is being done. So that's what they care about. As for like the scholarship itself, they're going to push you to talk to the financial aid office. If you have questions about scholarships, Um, especially grants that are federal based because those can be uh, affected by NIL because if you make too much, you may no longer be eligible for certain uh, assistance. Yep. So long story short, they want to be involved in some aspects, but there are other where they're just like, you know what? It's better for us right now to take kind of a step back approach, observe across the board and, see how it goes versus trying to set too many precedents too early before they know sort of what this landscape looks like
1: which i actually i could appreciate that approach like i actually really like that approach of we don't want to set too many precedents with this because it's it could it has changed some in the time that it's already been enacted and it will continue to evolve as we go along plus Mm -hmm. the what the thing that i really like and i just I know the most about what's happening at Nebraska, obviously, so I can only speak to what's going on here. Um, I like the component that you were talking about, about sending athletes to the appropriate department within the university to then get questions answered. Because I also think that there's like, side benefits of doing that the athlete then has to do some more research they have to meet more people on campus they have to you know what I mean like you just end up getting like broadening your horizons within something that you may not have actually seen that coming with um, where you just thought hey I was going to sign this soft drink or energy drink deal and then kind of go but no not necessarily you need to go talk to this person that person and that person um, to really make sure that this is the right thing plus and I so I think in a way it also gives you more like more thoughtfulness into what student athletes are going to potentially do because of that as well, which is also, I think a really good thing too.
0: Now Uh, I do want to just point out really quick for anyone who's like, what, you know, this is also, I think a lot of this is creating fake boogeyman's where a lot of people are like, what if an athlete gets contacted? What if a Nebraska athlete gets contacted by Coca-Cola to do a deal, but Nebraska is a Pepsi campus? What happens then? These are all a part of Nebraska's policy. The prohibited categories is that um, they cannot uh, they cannot be involved in the sale or exchange of wards for anything received. Like, so anything that is like counter to what Nebraska is. So like not limited to apparel, equipment, shoes, or uniforms. So like they can't go sell their uniform. Like, like you're oh, not I'm- taking your uniform off your back and going and selling it right now. <laughs> right. Um, they cannot get compensation from university employees. They cannot can- compensate for uh, work, not per- they cannot be compensated for work, not performed. They cannot participate anything that conflicts with the university's values or anything that like is already in contract by the University of Nebraska. So, like, again, you cannot go do a deal with Coca Cola because Nebraska already has a deal with Pepsi that oversees that or over, like, yeah, is, is above that deal. So, like, you can't go do that deal with Coca Cola. Um, it also is gambling, sports wagering vendors, CBD, beer, wine, spirits, and tobacco, illegal substances or activities, adult entertainment, and any vendors associated with a lot of athletic performance enhancing drugs. If somebody's like, but, that's Nebraska's policy. Can other schools have a different policy? Absolutely. BYU has coffee on there. So you cannot oh, really? do any deals on coffee. Uh, Mormons do not drink yeah. coffee. So that's a part of the reason. Now, if you go to BYU and you are not Mormon, you might be going, that's not fair. I want to have a deal with Folgers. Why can't I go do that? That's BYU's rule right now. And until there's federal legislation that says otherwise, these schools can have policies that match their values and what they believe in. So that's Nebraska's right now. But the one that will be consistent across the board is no, you cannot go as an athlete, as a athlete from an Adidas school, you can't go do a deal with Nike. (laughs) Now, Nike can certainly do a deal with other Nike athletes. And so people might go, well, that's not fair. But again, it's just, that's, the nature of it right now. So I think, you know, there are definite concerns out there, but I think unfortunately we see a lot of like fake boogeyman's getting created. And I would say spend less time worrying about the obvious and spend more time worrying about like, how is this going to be fair for all? Um, and I'm not just talking about quarterback to, to offensive line. I'm talking about how do we make sure that like track and field athletes are not getting buried on marketplaces right. and that they have the same fair shot and businesses aren't by the nature of bias, like ignoring athletes. That's going to be where I'm more concerned. Um, but I think right now we're just kind of a, you know, we're so new into this that people are worrying about, in my opinion, a lot of things that won't ultimately pan out.
1: I would totally agree. Now, every week we end the show with a segment called Put Them on Blast, where we basically put someone on blast for something they did or said. Put them on blast. I'm going to actually go first this week. Um, and in a roundabout way, I am going with the Olympics. Now, I should say off top the
0: Olympics. I Sorry.
1: like Sorry. the Olympics. You're right. Every, every like four years, or is it two because of winter and summer? I get more into summer than I do uh, winter. I like them, right? Like I, I watch them, I get into it. Like there's podcasts that I listen to it about it. I want to hear all of the backstories. This year, obviously, is going to be a, like, the, the shadow of COVID-19 is, like, long-reaching over these games and um, has been for quite some time. Um, this weekend, um, like, tennis superstar Coco Goff announced that she has withdrawn from the Tokyo Olympics um, after she tested positive for COVID-19. Um, the first athletes in the Olympic Village have tested positive mm-hmm. for COVID nineteen. Then the thing that has become a really big like tipping point over the weekend as well was that um, one of the big Tokyo twenty twenty sponsors, Toyota, um, actually pulled their Olympic TV ads as like public support for um, the games has continued to lag um, because the Tokyo there has just continued to be like a like the roaring pandemic is what I'm going to call it. Um, it's just continued to go unchecked over there. Um, and so it's just kind of a situation like in a lot of ways, even though, again, I like the Olympics, like, what the hell are we doing? Like, what what's the hell happening are we do- here? Like, that's really the only way to describe it. Like, I just don't. And I, it's one of those things where, like, it's one thing to say, OK, we're going to do like baseball games here in America or we're like, because that's been happening full force or we're going to do um, soccer matches in England or, you know, people are going on vacations, whatever. Like those things are happening. And I think for the I'm going to be careful here, for the most part have been OK. Um, but of all of the things that could be happening If you think about what has to happen to bring the Olympics together and make that actually happen, it has to be among the worst ideas that we possibly could be doing as we're hopefully coming out of this pandemic, like I just don't like, it, it, and that's before you get to Delta variant and all of that. Like I don't go too. Get far vaccinated,
0: that. excuse yeah. me. What? Yeah, but like, I don't know. Who said that? Like, who said like, it? Who
1: said that? Um, who that said was it? Scout. Like what of Like somebody. Gosh, just chiming in. No, no, the dogs. I don't know. Like, I it's it's just a, a like, and I understand again, totally understand why they want to be able to have this. It's a big deal. Um, but again, what the hell are we doing? I mean, seriously.
0: Yeah. I mean, just to just like to to like kind of add to what you're saying, I don't think people sometimes realize the number of athletes. So aside from like even when you take fans away, just to have the athletes, you're talking eleven thousand Olympic Olympians traveling another four and a half thousand for the Paralympics. Like this is not a small feat just to have the athletes traveling, and you're having athletes from all over the world. The difference is is like the United States for because of like we are we have been in a better situation. Unfortunately, we're starting to see cases tick up again because of the Delta variant and um, the vaccine rates slowing down so again get vaccinated vaccinated. Um, but the reason that people might be able to go well why are things why have things been so much different here why are the olympics like why can't they just function like that look at the nba finals and all this other stuff that we're doing well yeah um but the united states is in a much different situation as one country with the access to vaccines that it has had that other countries do not. If you want to be absolutely horrified, go just Google some of the poorer countries in this world and how they are being absolutely just, just having the absolute worst experience with COVID. The death rate is skyrocketing. They cannot get access to vaccines. It is scary. And so you have athletes from these countries that are currently just like in an absolute, absolute, just devastating situation who are also trying to travel for this this is not like we have to think outside of the bubble here i think we get can we get caught up in our bubble and yes in western country like in like countries that have had access to vaccines things are trending better mostly right now but it's not right. completely um so i want to be careful like if somebody's listening they're like yeah I, yeah like, yeah los angeles county just put their on mask it. mandate back yeah. like, i got it like we're, we're not but like japan is in a state of emergency you have massive amounts of athletes even when you take the fans themselves away like this is <sighs> you you are just seeing cases of a alternate for the gymnastics team has tested positive now for the United States gymnastic team. That's one individual, but how many people has that individual now come into contact with? It is, this is almost nightmare inducing. And I understand that like after missing the Olympics in 2020, everyone was so excited to move it to 2021. I love the Olympics, but maybe we needed to wait one more year, or maybe it needed to just wait completely. Like, this feels like an absolute recipe for disaster and these are these are some of the best athletes in the world and they're kind of they're getting thrown into a gauntlet of finding out like i understand people have the authority to you know not go if they don't feel comfortable or whatever but there have been a number
1: of them that have done it
0: but to be honest that's not the case for everyone like for me to say that is also a point of privilege to say like yeah some athletes are like i don't have to do this that isn't the case for every athlete in every country oh my gosh i could go on like a rant for this for ages and this is like i said i'm with you i love the olympics
1: yeah, it's 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 man, there's so many things in there though, because it's this is another one of those examples though of where and I liked it how you said this about getting outside of the bubble and the bubble in this case being the United States is when you open up your, your mind and <laughs> or your eyes and you see like the rest of the world and just how interconnected these things are though, right? Is that you think, okay, we're good over here. So if we can send, let's say the majority of our athletes can go and be safe, like um, in the Olympics, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, not really, because okay, maybe they can go And they don't have COVID right now, but if they go and they cross paths with someone from a country that, like like you said, it may not be their fault. This is not necessarily a nefarious thing that a person from country X is doing. Their country just does not have access to the vaccine in the way that the united states does um and so they have been contracted covid then they spread around like it really is a nightmare and that's just a very small example of and that which, also
0: yeah finding out about athletes who do have access to vaccines who have opted not to get them because they <laughs> they're afraid of like the uh potential side effects like messing with their training it's right actually i want to be clear it's not that the athletes have said i won't ever get it it's like yeah i will but i didn't want to get it before the olympics or before this because i was afraid it would interfere with my training
1: which is a real fear too like i could totally understand how that could happen too that's not necessarily like i don't like, I don't think less of somebody necessarily for, no, for saying but, that either. Like,
0: But that's still, that's part of the problem. Cause now like an athlete who maybe is like, well, I'll get vaccinated when this is all said and done with the Olympics, because I will, I will have trained, competed, done everything. Right. And then I will have time is now missing the thing because they didn't get the vaccine. It is just, there's a lot. It's like the Pandora's box. Like we are opening like, just an absolute like nightmare mess and i keep like seeing the stuff on my tv that's like opening ceremonies and i'm like yeah you know what?
1: it's like yeah i don't think that that i'm waking up at same. 6 a.m like, for this one yeah it's not it's not <laughs> quite the same this time around um yeah it's, it's really tough um and kind of sad to watch because you think about it but from the athlete's point of view of working your whole life for this to then see it get delayed last year um to then go through whatever is happening right now like it's just really tough for them as well um, did you have someone that you wanted to put on blast even though you jumped on that one and did a better job oh of putting gosh. the Olympics on blast than I did I appreciate the passion but did you have someone else um in the wide world that needs to be put on blast
0: uh I would say um what I would put on blast this week is kind of like um kind of a subset of that uh I, I am concerned that like this, this fall is going to be sort of a, uh, we don't know. Like if, if we get through football, volleyball, um, into basketball season without any delays, I'll be just completely surprised. I, I would say I'd put on blast people who are not taking, um, sort of the potential of, this virus seriously, knowing that we have all of the control in the world. Like we have all of the control in the world, the things that we love to do and have been starting to do. And like, if you want to keep seeing sports, like you have control over these things. Like this is not something that we are helpless to. And I keep reading articles about like people not liking, like, I don't want to feel disrespected. I don't want to feel like you're preaching at me. And like, it's kind of gotten to a point where I don't know how, me encouraging somebody to just, if if you're able to get a vaccine is preaching or disrespecting, but that is kind of where we're at. So like, I just think, especially in the world of sports, everyone wants these things to go on. We want these things that make us happy and we like to show up for. Us. So like, all I would ask is if you're somebody who is like still on the fence, maybe do just do a little bit of soul searching for a little bit and see if maybe there's a way that like your heart can be changed. Um, but I also understand that, like, unfortunately, listening to me say this is probably like not always going to change anyone's mind if they've already made it up. But I, that would be my only thing is it's not even necessarily being put on blast. It's just more of like a it's like a, it's a baby blast where it's like a part of the bigger (laughs) thing where it's like, Hey, these are things that we love and we want to continue doing. And we want to see people be able to do them safely. So let's just maybe have a moment of reflection and (laughs) see if there's not a way to, uh, find a, find a path forward. That isn't going to like, take us back into a situation where things do have to get canceled. Like, come on. Um, I do want to say this is like the opposite of that, but I just want to say, um, this isn't putting anyone on blast now it is putting uh, lack of gun control on blast. But my point is, is obviously what happened at the national stadium over the weekend mm-hmm. was really, really scary. Um, but I want to focus really good quickly on the good, um, both, both dugouts and, um, People associated with both teams are so quickly to start moving friends, family, fans into safe situations, um, safe locations to try to protect them from something that they did not know what was happening. They could hear gunshots, but they didn't know if it was inside the stadium or out. And in that moment, it's kind of what you've always heard that quote um, look for the helpers. The helpers stepped up. It shouldn't have to be like that. You shouldn't have to be fearful to go to a baseball game and to just enjoy an evening at a ballpark. But I appreciate the people um, who immediately spring into action in those moments, and I think it's important. We get so we get so like angry to call people heroes because we want to say like we want to quantify what a hero is, but like heroes are all kinds of things. And in th- that moment, the people who stepped up and started to bring people to shelter and safety, those are heroes. Um, so again. There are all kinds of heroes, but I just wanted to at least acknowledge that that's not a blast. It's more of an appreciation um, of the fact that um, there is good in this world, but we can certainly do better as far as like making sure that you can have a safe day at the ballpark. But again, I don't want to like make it so that everyone emails your podcast and is like, don't have Aaron back on. She's political.
1: <laughs> wow. Is the, oh God, if you now if we're going to get me on a rant about what things are political and what things are not political. The tax code is political. Um, gun everyone yells at me about being political. Not political. Um, <laughs> go get your vaccine. That's not political. Um, I Want to tax no. you 28 that's political in a way um but if you <laughs> have an issue with that you can email the show at straight up <laughs> at the <other laughs> um then it's also a great place to leave the episode subscribe to the podcast anywhere that you can listen to them. uh rate us and leave us a five-star review if you leave four i am inclined to think you're a hater and nobody wants that
0: like um, lebron said hi haters hi
1: haters make sure you're checking out the other podcasts on the hill network aaron's podcast the mind your own podcast varsity club nebraska press post game show and the hill varsity radio show also check out the hill varsity youtube page i usually at this point say that this is where um, you'll see me on there with doing a recruiting question video of the week um, but you also see aaron on there as well who's my guest today oh. um, and you can find us on twitter at greg Smith hb and at aaron Sorensen. i will catch you next week